I don't know. No, it's online. Good morning, whoever's out there. We are online. Good morning, good morning. Uh, this is Scott Maston at the Father's Church on December the 27th, 2020. Uh, Lord, um, please bless us this day, Father. Uh, bless this house and bless all who are here and those that are listening. Um, just bless this day and, and uh, bless this teaching. Be with me and uh, as well as be with Pastor today as uh, he brings a message for the church. But just want to bless you and praise you and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, my uh, teaching today, oh, I got handouts. Very short. I didn't make very many copies because I really expected a small crowd. So. Yeah, I, guess, I think I did six. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because here's my number seven, and I, yeah, that's funny. Um, so... My teaching today I, I, is a word, I, I, it's courage, um, and just to how I kind of arrived at this, it's fun. on Monday morning I was uh, getting, you know, starting my day at work, uh, or working, um, I was listening to something on the radio, and I don't know if you guys, uh, I know Pastor probably knows this, but um, the Battle of the Bulge, World War II, was right now is the Battle of Bulge was was taking place 75 years ago because it started Christmas uh, or December the 16th and ran through late late January that whole that battle and that that just that warfare that went on at that point with the Germans um, and I was listening to this uh, guy who was on the radio he was replacing the normal host there uh, he's a colonel. In, uh, was a colonel in the army uh, and he was just talking about the Battle of the Bulge and what these guys faced because um, they were completely surrounded there at uh, Bastogne and of course the Germans tried to ask them if they would like to surrender sent a message to the, the commander there and of course, I think his response was nuts which the Germans didn't understand what's nuts but that's basically how he responded to them, and then they, you know, they held the ground there for those weeks, five or six weeks, and and of course won and killed more Germans than there were America. A lot of Americans were lost, but a, a large number of the Germans were also uh, taken out. Um, but it took a lot of, you know, he just talked about the fact, the courage it took to to hold that ground and to stand, and you know, because you know, look at you look at the word courage. Um, the definition, it's mental or moral strength to venture or persevere, to withstand danger and fear or difficulty. You know, it's the courage to kind of, as, as scared as you are, because, you know, I, I always think of myself. Um, I didn't serve in the military. I, I, I kind of regret it now, and now that I'm too old to, to do it. But I, I kind of I really regret that I didn't serve. But I think about the men who have, and... Uh, you know, they always say courage, courage isn't that you're, it's, it's being able just to stand when you're in, you're, you're scared, you're fear. I mean, you think of guy, the guys who were, uh, they think, you know, they're, you know, they're heroes and they've, they've been through this stuff and it's scary, you know, being shot at and shooting at someone, 
You know, I don't know when Vietnam, I mean, Pastor and I were that age when Vietnam was still going at it, and I was scared to death. I, I, I just knew I was going to get drafted because of the way the media portrayed that war. Um, it was brutal, and a lot of guys lost their lives, but it sounded so scary. I just knew if I was drafted, I was going to die. <laughs> yeah, um, whereas, you know, when World War II broke out, everybody just signed up and went. I mean, actors and got into the uh, military. Uh, you know, it's funny because Jimmy Stewart, you always hear about him because he was a pilot. Um, so many actors, baseball players, lots of athletes who signed up and went. Um, even during World War One, a lot of uh, guys uh, enrolled and went right into the, the military. And uh, But Vietnam, I think we were all my age group we were scared <laughs> it was a, it sounded like a horrible war it didn't sound like we were really in it like we weren't defending the our country from something like with world war ii when the germans were just attacking and then japan of course attacked us but you know courage is really just being able to get through the fear and um uh, you know withstand that difficulty that you're faced with and you know it I mean, we, we kind of deal with this every, a lot of us do. Um, things come against us all the time that, that fear. But I guess what brought me around to this, too, was just, and, and pastors brought it up a lot. It's been talked about a lot. But, you know, what have we, the last 10 months, what we've been dealing with, what everyone's been dealing with in this, actually, it's the whole world. It's not even, it's almost like a world war thing going on here. But this COVID stuff that's happening, and people are scared. There's fear. Um, but as we, I think as we have, as a church have done, we've had courage to move on regardless of the, the, the fear that's out there. And the, you know, the, the, the media paints a lot of fear. I think some of it's a little bit elaborate. It's uh, elaborate, not elaborated, uh, exaggerated, sorry. Um, to some degree, I know it's, it is, it is a, um, there is, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, there's people have died from it, and, it's, and you know, but, you know, I, I guess I'm a, a minimalist in a way. I'm thinking people die every year from the flu. Lots of people die from the flu. Um, but uh, this, seem, this is different, and it does attack you in a different way. Um, but yet we, we've got to have the courage, regardless of that, to, to move on. And, um, and as these words uh, that I looked up, um, the Greek words you know, we've got to have the boldness and uh, take hold of that and just move on we have to do what we have to do uh, regardless of, of all these uh, fears that are out there and the, the worry um, so and, and one of the you know one other thing too is I was you know, pondering my teaching um you know, one of the first things that, that came to my mind last last week as I was, uh, pastor was preaching and, and uh, you know, I was starting to think about what, what should I, what can I be teaching on? I've got to get ready. I don't have, it's Christmas week. I don't have a lot of time. I've got, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss some days and I'm not going to have any opportunity to look at this at all. And normally my Saturday would be a day I would really spend a lot of time with it, which, but I spent most of my time. Uh, with family in Denton yesterday, so uh, 
I didn't have as much time. So I, I kept thinking about this, and, and thankfulness as well was something that, that really struck me. Just through, here we are at the end of the year, and so much has happened, but, you know, I was just thankful um, how things have gone this year. For, for me, and I'm sure for all, a lot of you too, or everyone, uh, you know, I, I've had challenges at work. We've had this, this this COVID thing. I always like the COVID thing going on. I like that. That I think of oh brother, where art thou? When he has, we got this uh, depression thing going on. Uh, I think of the, the COVID thing. Uh, you know, I work has been good. It's, it's I've actually become to the point where I love working at home. It's which Stacy will tell you, I always like to go to the office. I preferred to go and work at the office, and I've come to, it's, work has gone better. It's gotten better. I feel a lot better about it. Um, we've, we've come through this as a church. We've continued on, business as usual. Um, I know people can't, haven't come here during their fall seminars, but we've been able to continue to get the word out and teach and do the things that we do without any hindrance at all. And no one's been sick. Everyone's done well. We've all been healthy. You know, so there's so much to be thankful for with all this that's tried to come against our entire world, really, uh, in this country. But this church and this network have been strong and st stood through it, regardless of what fear there might be out there. And, you know, we've, as Paul said in this verse, and I'll kind of jump to that in Acts 28, um, and I, I, it was funny in this, before I talk about that, I was going to, uh, I was reading about this just when I first looked this up, courage. The word courage is only found one time in the whole, in the New Testament, in this one verse. <clears throat> and it, and it's actually, the translation is more, uh, it's like boldness. But I was kind of re reading this and, and dug up some history that a guy had uh, uh historical research and background on Paul and his different shipwrecks and this one was particularly about this this instance in chapter in uh, chapter 28 and and all the he had been a you know taken prisoner and all this this long months long journey that took for him to get back to Rome to stand trial um, but all the things that he went through they were shipwrecked at Malta, and then they spent three months there waiting until the, uh, uh, the the right season came about when they could actually launch another ship and get out of there and make it back to Italy. Um, so he had spent many months with this centurion, uh, so I'm sure they developed quite a relationship. Um, and then when he got when they once they finally did get back to Italy. Um, and landed there then they spent some time near the coast um, and it of course it says in these verses they had spent or they tarried for seven days um, let me read the verse so uh, so it starts in verse 14 where we found the we found brethren and were desired to tarry with them seven days and so we went and so we went toward Rome and from thence when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as Appi, I guess Appi Forum, and the three taverns, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. Um, 
course, this was interesting because this guy who did all these studies and research about this trip and the journey and the time they spent, it says they uh, they tarried for seven days. And it was interesting because they said normally uh, in these uh, shore uh, kind of shipping related towns and things like that where the military, there were large military builds up there because this is where the ships would come in and land and launch from Italy. And most of the inns and things in these towns were in really poor, poor condition because whenever the military came in, they would take over anything they wanted and you fed them for free and you gave them housing for free to take care of the military. So, you know, people just had to give up their stuff. So the inns in these towns were in very very poor condition because they didn't they didn't care about taking care of them because they were just going to give everything away free anyway when the military wanted uh, lodging and stuff so it was very very likely that this centurion knowing the conditions of the inns in these towns that he allowed Paul to go and stay with some Christian friends who would have a clean home and a nice place to stay and rest versus have to deal with one of these you know nasty you know run down old inns um, that would have been pretty uncomfortable for them uh, for that that week, but um, anyway, uh, so you know it says he uh, he thanked God and he took courage and uh, so he took the word again. It's like boldness, and I thought he took courage. Why why would he do? What would that be? But I I felt like he was back home because he you know he's as a Roman citizen. He was, there were Christians, he was able to be around people he knew, people that kind of build him up and give, give him some, uh, res, maybe restore some of his confidence uh, after, again, these months of traveling and, try, and being brought back to, be, to stood, stand trial. But he took courage, regardless in the face of everything that was going on. Of course, Paul was, I mean, the Apostle Paul, I mean, he, he was... A strong he didn't he he did what he had to do regardless of what was kind of come against him uh, however they were going to treat him you know he he was not going to back down um, certainly had a lot of courage because he would have there would have always been a, a some level of fear or danger when he went anywhere stepped into anything because there was always those who were going to come against him I mean especially the uh, you know the the, the Jewish the, you know, the Sadducees and Pharisees, who would try to uh, try him for you know some kind of heresy, um, but he took courage, and I think you know, being around his brethren, being around those of like-minded and and of of the same belief, and and uh, it it kind of helped strengthen his his resolve or his courage. Um, to give him the boldness just to keep moving on regardless of, of what he may face because I think he ended up when they brought him back to to Rome to stand trial you know he spent like he ended up spending like two years under house arrest and then the, they came against him and they um, some of the Sadducees they planned to they laid in wait for him because they were going to kill him when he was brought into the trial the next day and but then uh, the the governor at that point or I can't remember the governor who he was but you know he uh, made uh, found out about it no 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 I'm getting my stories 
confused. Sorry, I'm changing. I'm, I'm mixing up two different stories. So let me stop talking about that. Um, <laughs> I've got a verse for that later. Um, but yeah, again, this is where I kind of started with this word courage here, and just the that he took boldness from it. He grabbed and took uh, a certain amount of strength from being amongst those of, of like-minded and these the, the, the Christian brethren that were around him and as they heard him coming and that the, the word was out that Paul was being brought back to Rome you know they met him on the road they um, uh, which just continued to kind of build his his strength his boldness and uh, courage in the in the situation so um, then I looked I looked at the from that that root word, tharos, uh, thario, um, and this word is to have courage, but it's to uh, be of good cheer, or comfort. And so, you know, again, I mean, I guess I'm going down this, started down this path, and talking about courage because, um, kind of as we, I just started thinking, here we are. It's the end. This is the last weekend of. 2020 so we're basically getting ready to step into the next year a new year and just to start that year off building our courage um, and really the, the boldness this boldness and having you know I, I guess good cheer and knowing that we're gonna move we're gonna pro proceed into this year doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing without any hindrance without any any delay and without any fear we're going to we're going whatever it needs to happen this year it's going to be done uh without fear without fear of you know illness without fear of, of whatever uh could come to try to to uh, try to stop it or hinder what needs to be done um you know i was just talking to pastor and I were just talking before the class a little bit and talking about you know some teachings and some things that need to be prepared so you know none of this COVID thing is going to get in the way of that and making that happen and and we're under you know working out the details but I think again this past I guess I'm thankful too. one of the things we can be thankful of is because you know, we've we've we found a way to progress forward and do what we have to do regardless of limitations and the, some of the hindrances you know like you know, our our uh, judge Clay Jenkins and people like that who would try to shut some things down. I mean, I mean his policies are very restrictive and controlling of of what people can do and how they can move about. But they've not had a had a, had any kind of an impact on us to do what we have to do. And as we go into this new year, I mean, we just have to continue to have the boldness that we're going to move ahead and do exactly what we need to do and. I think we've learned ways to get things done regardless of what happens. Um, thankfully, we have we have uh, our computer, our live streaming, our website, all the things are in place that, you know, I, I know there's churches out there who really don't have that means. So they've got to do recordings and do different ways to, for people to try to get the word. But we have a means to make it happen. Um, whether, you know, and of course it makes me think of Back in April, 
April, May, when there were six of us here or ten of us here or whatever our limit was, we were, you know, just to get it done. But we, we got it done. And people, everyone has a computer these days, so they have a means of hearing and seeing um, the message every week, every Wednesday night, you know, whatever. I mean, Wednesday nights now, we have a routine, and it's done, and it's recorded, and you now have it the whole, almost the, well, the afternoon anyway. Uh, not long after pastors had it recorded, it's up and, up and online, and I know I've heard listen to, you know, like Mark Burke and others will say, you know, they listen to it in the afternoon on their own time. Of course, they can use uh, Spotify and they can listen to it in one and a half or two times the normal speed if they like to speed listen. So we, you know, these things have, we've, I guess in a way, we, we had kind of prepared ourselves for this kind of thing to come. Just like, you know, many years ago, we, we expected huge crowds, so we began to do things to be prepared when that day came that we had a lot of people here. Um, we started preparing for, you know, the live streaming, recordings, um, ways to be able to communicate with anyone, anywhere in this world. And um, thankful, you know, to, to the things that have been put in place. Um, there's no way to, to, to <clears throat> excuse me, at least hinder the word getting out and the message being uh, delivered. <coughs> I'm not used to talking this much, so I'm, I'm getting really dry. Um, so looking at this, uh, talking about the second word, you know, I've just got a, a several verses here about from this word good cheer good comfort um, so like Matthew 9 2 and behold they brought him a man sick of the palsy lying on a bed and Jesus seeing their faith said unto the sick of the palsy son be of good cheer thy sins thy sins be forgiven thee but again this good cheer it, it, it goes back to courage of course, why would you, I guess, you know, in this way, he's, he's been, you know, he's had palsy, you know, he's, he's uh, and, of course, uh, Jesus forgives his sins. Be of good cheer, and I guess it would be, you know, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take hold of the fact you've been, you, your sins have been for, uh, forgiven of you, and you can go on without any any more hindrance without any fear of uh, you know what's plagued you all these years um, I thought he was actually healed uh,
your perceptive. It's your. It's the yeah. way. It's your perception. But see, that comes across. You know, that that comes out. And who wants to follow anybody that's all downtrodden and depressed? And even though they may have courage and be, you know, a badass. Can I say that? You just did. So <laughs> we're there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just an expression. We <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's people that are just like that way, but. The, the spirit within us and the, our countenance because it is of him. I mean, that to me is the only way to have courage, to have true courage in the days that we're facing. So I love just the whole translation of that, of, of good cheer. Well, to me, it really speaks to the confidence you have in your walk. It's not the circumstances. It's the fact that no matter what happens, he's got you. But you know when the rubber meets the road? is when it really shows. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Scott. No, it's totally no, uh, no, good. I mean, yeah, and I, yes, he was, he was healed. Uh, you know, of course, Jesus said to the scribes, like, is it better that I, you know, forgive him or that I say, pick up thy bed and, you know, rise? <laughs> of course, then he did that. You know, it was, you know, it was that whole controversy, the fact that, you know, he was a blasphemy because he was forgiving this man of his sins because he was the son of God, but they, you know, they were challenging him. But yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of the, the, why, you know, I was kind of focused on this is, you know, that we've got to be, you know, it's, it's like, it's like Paul when he came back, he took courage, but it was a boldness, and I think it, you know, it gave him that cheer, it gave him that confidence, you know, he was not I don't know, you know, he may have been after months of travel and this whole thing, and maybe he was a little beat down. I would, I can imagine. Well, Pretty beat thank, down. You were talking about thankfulness. It says that he thanked God and took courage. So yeah. it has, you know, it's coupled with grace where you are able to um, really step into the grace that God is affording. And I do think, you think about the grace of God, it does give you a boldness. There's there's yeah. something that he's doing to enable you to overcome. And, uh, and too, I think about cheer. I don't know I think about New Year's Eve. I think about good cheer because I think, you know, you're just celebrating something new. You're celebrating the possibility of your future. You're not dreading the future. You're not in fear of your future. But you're, you're looking with a hopeful eye towards something. Um, but and I think that's the, way it, that's the way the Lord has really... Um, trained us to keep our eyes on the things that are coming and the, the thing that is new. Um, I don't know. It's all it all kind of goes together to create um, something within us that gives us um, what we need to be able to stand, to have the right countenance, to have you know something that shines forth with <coughs> the spirit, like Monica was saying. Because you know, within ourselves, we don't have it, but. It, to me, it really is something that is coupled with the grace that, that God gives. And um, it really changes. You know, when you take hold of that, it really changes how you see things. It changes your perception of things. I'm like Monica said, talking about someone who's always, you know, Eeyore. Thanks for noticing me. <laughs> you know? I mean, you really, you know, part of it is, is really your good attitude. Yeah, what is the saying about the attitude and the, the altitude? Oh, your attitude determines your altitude? Yeah. I think. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, and, and that so is really it's, a choice. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's longer than that. 
your altitude is determined by your attitude, not your aptitude. That's it. The height of which you'll reach is determined by how Pastor you your, your attitude. You don't <laughs> have to be a rocket scientist. <laughs> but I mean, so much of that is a choice. I mean, we can choose to to just let. It, it's like what Pastor was teaching about about Mary and the bitterness and the and even last week about the encouraging yourself in the Lord and that's that garment of praise and thanksgiving and it's just all so important for us and it will be such a key for us going forward yeah agreed I it, it made me think of a few months back when I was I Stacy I almost every well not every morning maybe but there were a lot of mornings I said I hate this job I, I don't want to I don't want to go to work today I, I just was so miserable but I had to change my attitude because I had a job, and I'm a, a well-paid job. And there was nothing I couldn't overcome. I was just felt beat down. But I was letting it take advantage of me versus you know, just overcoming it and knowing uh, you know, I can do this. I can handle this. It's just another phase. And I've been seemed like I've been through this the last 10 years ever since I was outsourced. Um, I've gone through this on on different occasions, but you know, I, here we are at the end of the year, and things are. Uh, I just had to keep my attitude, have a more positive attitude every morning about dealing with what was going to come, and, and it was just another day and get through it. But um, so yeah, I mean, I, it's it your attitude. It's it's a it's a big part of it, huge part of it. Um, just being confident and, and uh, you know, cheerful, cheerful even in the face of fear and, and everything else you may be coming. Just know, uh, I, I've got this. I can deal with this. Uh, I've got the Lord on my side. So, what do I have to fear? What do I have to be so worried about? Well, the thing is, I think even if I die, I'm going to be with Jesus. Yeah. Hey, there are no bad options here. Living or dying, I'm with Jesus. <laughs> I just always had. I've, I've always had these these fears of. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to get fired. You know, all these things like that. And like, I try to change that. Like, so what? I'll, I'll just get another job. I'll just move on. It's just going to be what it is. So, uh, stop worrying about it. Uh, I, you know, like you brought up Pastor Levester, and I always, I try to remind <laughs> myself of one of his sayings that I, that now he. What would Jesus do? Is, what would Pastor Levester? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I, yeah, absolutely. What would Jesus do? Would but I, I think of Pastor Levester, you know, when he was here several years ago, and he uh, he made the comment about if you're if you're praying, what are you worrying about? And if you're worrying, then why are you praying? Why aren't you praying? That's so good. You know, and and of course, I and then it's funny because I was reading something several months back when I was studying for another teaching, and I I found this pastor who'd said this many many years ago, and I wonder if Pastor Levester got it from him. Uh, that maybe it was his minister or someone he used to listen to, but but yeah, it's. Uh, well, you know, Scott, it, it's interesting because this is a. You know, you, you mentioned in Acts twenty-eight, and uh, then you see the next guy in, in Matthew nine, which is kind of interesting because that is a different story than the one where they cut the hole in the roof and dropped the guy. 
it, it because, and the reason you know that is that right after this, Jesus is calling Matthew. So it was early on in his ministry. And most people who study this kind of thing say that, um, you know, that's, that's a pretty accurate uh, placement because it was written by Matthew. So Matthew certainly knew when he was called. So he wouldn't have written, oh, let's just throw this in here. For him, the highlight of his life was being called by Jesus. So, but anyway, the point is, we think of courage like in in uh, Baston or Angel when, you know, you're, you're there and you've got to buck it up because you don't have any choice. In these times, like in, in it's, you know, you're having courage when you're in a, a, a measure of inactivity. And, you know, this word for courage means to, to really, it, the essence is to really bust out and, and to have the confidence to do something. Well, the guy with palsy, that wasn't where he was coming from. He hadn't moved in a long time. And after a while of that, you kind of start losing your not only do you lose your physical ability, yeah. but you kind of lose the remembrance of what that's like. And you just kind of get into a dismal moment. You know, I, I remember being in a hospital bed for a week, and I got up finally, and man, I felt like I was 150 years old. You know, just even moving around was hard, so we don't even know how long this guy was there. And with Paul being on Malta, and then finally getting ready, he was waiting on the timing. And so for me, this puts a whole new strategy. We've been in a position where we've had to have courage when people were coming after us. We've been in a position where we've had to have courage when, you know, you'd have the atrons and you could see the Council of Seven coming after And you stood then, because it's easy to it's easy to take up courage when you believe in a cause and you're in a fight. It's much more difficult to have courage, this breakout courage, when you just kind of wait in there. And you want to make sure that you're not like the sons of Zariah who just want to go out and swing swords. We've had people like that here. And you think, okay, what do I have to do with you guys? This is not the time to fight, so don't try to get something going, you know? So to have courage when, like this year, even though we've been functioning, We've not done the things we really wanted to do in this year. I mean, one of the worst three-day periods that I can ever remember was when I had to sit in the office and contact all these hotels, the airlines, contact hosting places and say, we've got to cancel this thing. What do we do about the money we invested? What do we do about this? These people made, you know, plans. They made investments under this group thing. You're going to make sure that they get their money back. I hated that. Not only was it work. But I hated it. It was like you're, oh, we have this big conference? Cut this up. So now we've been in this waiting here. How do you have courage then in this regard to know that what you're going to do is really what God's saying, not just because you're ready to bust a move and get out of this. You know, how many times, like Custer, you know, he's going through the hills of South Dakota, and he's loaded up. 
And it doesn't matter what Crazy Horse and Sitting Bull and all those guys have going on. He's the seventh calf, and they're going to have some fighting, God bless us. Well, that was stupid. And the graves out there show that it was stupid. His bravado got him into trouble. So how do you have courage? Courage. <laughs> well, they got the right go. Uh, what do you do when you're waiting on God? And if Jesus says to this guy in the, in the bed of palsy, who is worn out, he's probably decimated physically. He's, he long since surrendered any get up and go that he has. Why is Jesus saying to him, if this is not a belief word. This is, okay, get ready, we're going to bust a move. How do you get that? So you got to you got to be sensitive to the voice of the Lord as opposed to the voice of your own inactivity saying I got to do something. And that's a big challenge. Because, you know, we've had people here and and this is just sons of Zariah, you know, this is Jesus disciples. Let's go and call down thunder to make sure that you've measured four or five times in the heart of the Lord before you cut. That's a really odd thing about courage. Because Jesus, why is he saying you have courage to this guy? Why is, why is, you see what I'm saying? I'm not saying this very well. No, it's good. Because the essence of it is breakthrough and timing. And since being forgiven, that just set the stage for the next time when maybe some of these scribes are there and the doctors of the law are there and they cut a hole through the roof and lower a guy who has pulled. Um, and Jesus talks about sins being forgiven. I mean, to me, I'm not saying this very well because it's so much deeper than what you read here. And it's, it's, it's so much the heart of God. You want to make sure that you do it the thing that's most important. Because for Jesus, the forgiveness of sins was the big thing. Yeah. And then he's the one that's talking. So was this really Jesus declaring his own faith before the Father about, about sins being forgiven? Where he's saying, he's stating this. Something's going to break through you. Is this operative that this guy has to have courage? Or is this, I am having, this is a breakthrough moment. We're going to talk about sins being forgiven. Even before Matthew, the tax collector is called, these scribes are over here, and I'm going to let them know why I'm here. That is the breakthrough moment. It's not about this guy laying on the bed thinking, will I ever get up again? I don't know why these guys are carrying me to another guy. You know what I mean? So, again, I mean, for us, we're at this crux point where we're going into 2021. I'm fully expecting us to have incredible breakthrough moments where we obey, we set things up, we've been waiting in this holding pattern and the timing of the Lord God's been blessing and protecting and watching over us. Now we want to make sure that we are moving in the courage of the Lord, not out of fear. See, this is a weird thing. I just looked through the five lexicons on this Bible program. I don't, I, I see fear there, but it, 
the essence of this word has more to do with gaining a directive and making a strategic point of obedience in a timely manner and having the guts to step out and do it. Yeah. You know, this really for me, I'm not afraid. For, from my perspective, uh, the blood of Jesus has protected us. But I know that I'm representing the Father, or trying to. And I know that we've got a network of people that are waiting for us to hear from God and say, okay, let's go. So I want to make sure that what we say is from Him. It's nothing to do with fear for me. The only fear I have is that I would, and it's not fear. You know, you fear God. Fear the Lord. But it's more from, I want to be that good and faithful servant that when we say, let's go, you know it's, this is what God said. And so it's that really strange thing, and that's the essence of, even the woman with the issue of blood, which is, we may get to it here, I'll stop talking, in Mark 9. You know, that woman was worn out. She was emaciated. She had no money left. And she heard of Jesus. And she came and she said, well, I'm going to embrace what his hymn represents. So Jesus said, you know, and the virtue has already come to her. So why is Jesus saying be of good courage? I mean, she knew in her body she was well. She wasn't afraid anymore. She was euphoric. And what, what, what she, what, you read this and you think, okay, what's she afraid? That Jesus is going to yank this back? Some of these guys is going to put a whooping on her because she crawled in under the crowd and did this. It's 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 strange, but the be of good courage, be of good comfort, is is more of you've believed, you've held on to the hem of the garment, you've demonstrated why I'm here. This is my breakthrough, and he's really saying this because you know again. It doesn't make sense. She knows she's healed after all these years, over a decade. She finally has what she... Now, I guess she could be afraid, okay, this is fine now, but as soon as I walk away from here, I'm going to start bleeding again. I guess you could think that, but I don't really think that's why you have this breakthrough word here. I don't know. I'm just rambling. No, you're not. I, I, I mean, I, I was thinking... Of, like you mentioned, the next verse, getting the woman the issue of blood, and sometimes it does good. The point you, ma- the point you made, because um, we're, we're so, really what, the last nine months, we've been a lot like him or her, where we're, you know, there's uh, atrophy of certain things, just like a guy who liked that laying there. His muscles had to be just gone. How is he going to stand up and have any strength to actually hold himself up? But, and you know we're in in some ways we have you know no one's left this house since <clears throat> early last year. Well, did we even go anywhere in January or February? I don't. I don't think there was a trip then. Either. Everything was from 2019, the last time we actually left this house to go somewhere in ministry. Um, Brazil, maybe. No, probably France in late fall. Um, well, there have been. <clears throat> Network not network though. That didn't happen since December of last year. Yeah, yeah, because we've you know, there were there were supposed to be Brazil trips, France of course, and others. So. Virginia, Ohio. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
that's right last summer when we thought we were going to actually move up, move forward so yeah in a way it's kind of like there's there's a, um, an amount of maybe atrophy I guess in a little bit of a way because there's just been this s standing still and doing nothing in that in that pursuit anyway uh, obviously doing a lot but not able to do everything that was intended and was planned so yeah having you know being as we go in and you know we uh, you know this you know and, uh, one of the words was daring for Thoros is it was daring so being you know being daring to move ahead and move forward now in this new year uh, in in the right timing but um, yeah I, I think pastor brought brought up you know he, he measuring four times and cut I mean it's like woodworking or doing anything else you know you want to make sure you get everything just right before you start cutting into things because if you do then you got to start all over and go buy new material and begin again and, and so it, it, it is it important that the timing's right, um, but that we, we have this confidence and you know really step into it. We're confident. We're we're uh, and there's no fear, but we're we're daring and bold and ready to to uh, proceed. And and you know again like like he like Jesus would say here and, and comfort you know be in good comfort, be in good cheer. You're the Lord's got you, so. You know, it's interesting to me too because I would I would assume that the antithesis of courage is fear. Is that fair? Maybe. Yeah. The antithesis of courage would be fear. Yeah. yeah. But I think what we have to consider too is the spirit of fear. You know, and and the times that the enemy comes and tries to inflict fear, like on you. You know, if it's something physical or something like that, I, we've all we all experienced that, and to me, that is the most paralyzing. I mean, I <laughs> I remember when Aaron and Jane were shot, and there was a spirit of fear that really came against me. I don't know if anybody else experienced it, but it's the first time that I acknowledge and recognize a spirit of fear. Whereas I would like pull into my driveway at night after church on Sunday night, and I was afraid to get out of my car. I mean, and I'm not a fearful person at all at all. I mean, it's just not something I deal with. But I guess, I guess my point is, is these words of Jesus, when he says, son, be of good cheer. I mean, it's almost like an impartation. You know, it's almost like that's the words of Jesus saying, you be, you, you know, you be of good courage, you know, let that be who you are. It's, it's so important to us to recognize that the our overcoming that spirit of fear is that spirit of, of God that's within us. And and to me, it's a spiritual transaction or it's something that tries to keep us from moving forward as Namadakas people. It's not just, a, ooh, it's scary. And and just, you know, even carnal things that would come against us. It's, it, and a lot, of, a lot of times to me, it's like a spiritual um, attack, I guess I should say. I think I think that for me, like the agape of partnering with the Father, breathing hard after His purpose, is what casts out fear. Yeah. So you stand in that confidence. Courage is is really to make sure you're hearing exactly from the Lord 
and then be willing to step into what he what he wants. And uh, I don't know. I, and you're stepping into something that feels like you can't. Like if you've been a palsy person, uh, you really think I'm going to be able to stand up? Really, my muscles have not worked for however long. You know, I mean, so we're like you were talking earlier when you have that. You're in a place where your mindset is actually a, is attached itself to your physical being because you've been living that. And so your mind's thinking, I can't stand up and walk. So is it an impartation that he gives? I mean, it's got to be. There's got to be an empowerment that he's getting when he issues that command because the guy who was healed, well, part, that was part of his healing was the fact that his muscles, everything that had been, you know, um, ravished by the disease was restored, so therefore he could walk. And I think Jesus was saying, look, you're restored, so you can do this. And, and when you go forward with all these other verses that have other contexts, I think it is, look, it looks like you can't do it, or, you know, you haven't been able to do this in the past, but you're going to be able to do this. And so you have, you, know, you have to, like, you have to be daring. You have to, you have to go beyond your own, uh, what you feel like is your own ability to step into it. Stepping on the water, Peter. I mean, Peter couldn't walk on water. Not ever. It's like the flesh being an enmity with the spirit. It's like, really, I mean, our flesh is yeah. an enmity with that and our spiritual empowerment. Yeah. But he's saying right here, you be this, you, yeah. That's interesting. There's so many, this is really interesting. This is a Well, yeah, because in Mark, it, you know, it's, it's the blind man. And, you know, it's a blind man who's probably been blind most of his life. And again, uh, he does every time say B. Mm-hmm. B. Mm-hmm. It's R, so B. Yeah. That's good. Okay, well, I'm going to. Look at John 16. Yeah, I was kind of jumping to the back. Yeah, John sixteen thirty three. These things I've spoken of you that <clears throat> in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, there, there you have tribulation, which, which he said. He's really not saying anything about, you know, tribulation is just basically testing your patience and testing your resolve as to whether you are really going to continue on with the breakthrough. And so sometimes people think, well, you know, if I was really following the Lord, I wouldn't have all this opposition. But that's crazy. If you are following the Lord, you are going to have opposition. Yeah. I mean, Amen. the absence of it shows that you're not following the Lord. And um, that's, it's interesting, you know. It's just really interesting. Well, yeah, it reminded me of... Uh, Last night we were riding home, and uh, it was three of us, Stacy and I and Tucker. And Tucker's had some challenges. You know, he's made some mistakes, you know, errors in judgment, whatever. But he was talking, you know, about when, when something bad happens, some, something, you know, his phone goes dead and he can't contact anybody, has no way of communication. But he, he, he starts to believe well, that means something good's about to happen. Something good's going to come out of this. It's not. So we, we've got to believe the tribulation's just leading to something better. Mm -hmm. It's just, 
it's just setting you because I mean, and uh, Stacy, I know we they were talking back and forth. I you know just listening to the whole conversation, but you know she talked about Joseph. Well, Joseph was in a bad situation, thrown in a hole, but that was just to set his life on a, a course that he probably would have not happened had his brothers not thrown him in the hole and then him taken off and gone through everything he did and then he eventually became a leader. Uh, the tribulation is probably, you know, in most cases is probably preparing you for something later on down the road that's going to strengthen you even more for uh, that situation. So, I mean, as I listened to him talk, Tucker talking, and it was, you know, so he has a positive attitude that this, yeah, it's bad. It's, I think it was in the story he was telling, his phone was dead. I don't tell that story. You want me to tell it? No, okay. it's not. That's fine. I just thought it was, but anyway. Um, We've got to be, you know, I, I, you know, really I, be confident, be courageous when things are going bad. It just, uh, it's, it's probably laying the, the foundation for something else that's much better. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the thing that you're going through is to get you where you're supposed to be. I mean, if you could just see the purpose of God in your circumstances, no matter where you are or what you're facing, God is using that to get you where you're supposed to be, and for. Tucker in particular, I mean, nothing looks like it's the purpose of God happening, but I'm telling you, if, there, if I wasn't counting on that, I would be miserable indeed. I'm already miserable, but I would be indeedly miserable because I have to believe that he has a path for Tucker. And because I recall before I was serving the Lord, there were things that I knew even then that God had done this to put me in a different spot. I knew that God did it. And I wasn't doing anything to serve the Lord. I wasn't going to church. I was partying and drinking all that, but I still knew. And I've been praying that Tucker knows when God's hand is doing something, even though he may not talk to us about it or anything else. But I just know that God is still involved in his life. I had people praying for me. He's got people praying for him. And But your, perspe your, your perspective about what your circumstance is, it, it is really changes your you're, I don't know how to even say it. I, I can't say that it changes the outcome, although it may, but I feel like it at least changes your journey because you're able to um, have courage instead of being beat down. The circumstance is the same. You're still in the pit one way or the other. How are you going to look at it? Are you going to look at it like it's taking you somewhere? Or are you going to look at it like, oh, my God, I'm in the pit. That means the purpose of God can't be after me. That is really what we do. Because we, what we do, we start binding and rebuking the enemy because he's, you know, he's, he's making the plan of God, you know, fail. Well, it is the plan of God. <laughs> That's what the, that was the big twist on that story. He wouldn't have been where he was if, if, the, if he wasn't in that pit. That's what got him there. So that was the plan of God. The plan of God has things that are difficult to walk through, but they get you where you're going. And
be a good cheer. <laughs> be willing to take the chance. Realize it's to, to be obedient, like Pastor was saying. I mean, you have to be obedient, and that's a risk. It's always a risk because being obedient always looks like you're doing the exact opposite of what's going to bring success. Plus, it puts you on the line. It usually, you know, it, it tests your own moxie. You know, yeah. you might make a fool of yourself because you've taken that step. You might feel like you know, exposed. Yeah, you're going to feel totally foolish. I mean, pastors talk about, I mean, it looks foolish what we're doing, what we're believing for. You walk into our church, anybody who walked through our church would say we were failing just because yeah. of the, just because there's only <laughs> 10 people in there. I have no thought of failure ever with what God is doing here. The people, the number of people, he controls that. We don't control that. He's the one that has said, these are the 12 people that I can do this with. I mean... I don't know. There's just there's such a confidence knowing, like Pastor said, knowing that you're in your calling and you're fulfilling that changes the whole game. That's where your confidence is. You don't have to worry about the worldly view of it. Well, and that's where cheer comes from. That's where courage comes from. Well, I, I think uh, you know the Lord prepared our house for COVID because we don't have any problem with social distancing. No, we <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> if everybody, if everybody would. It was here. Section. They could still be s- segregated. And it's funny because we all sit there, and then afterwards we all come together. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really. But that's we're in the blood of Jesus. I mean, there's just so many things that God has done to um, to preserve His people, His plan, what He's doing, and you know that's that's what we live under. We live under that covering. Let me. This one last verse in Acts 23. Uh, And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified in me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. And again, this is another situation where Paul's arrested. He's uh, there. I started to talk about this earlier, and I I got ahead of myself. You know, they... The Sadducees. I think the Pharisees had supported him in the in the, the the trial he was under. Sadducees started planning and and had his whole thing set up so they could try to grab him and kill him. And but the Lord gave him, told him, be of good cheer because you got other places to go. You got things to do. So you, you have nothing to worry, uh, nothing to be concerned over, uh, because I've already laid the groundwork for you to get away and you to be able to move on and proceed with the ministry that I've spoken over you and, and uh, you know nothing's going to hinder what you have to do you have you know his his days were not over yet um, and then, yeah if you look at the story of course he got pushed sent off to another another ruler to be tried and, and you know all this stuff that they did well that's amazing when the Lord is stimmied by him. So we have those visitations as well, where there's something coming up that may be, you know, kind of challenging. And he's like, you know, the Lord's standing with him. There's that real stability going on in your histeme. And Yahweh is discussing that plan. I know in the New Testament it's not Yahweh. It's probably, um, uh, my brain just went. Curios. Yeah, Curios, the Lord. And... But still, that that's that same thing happens with us when there's something that God is expecting us to stand in or go forth in, 
and you know he is really he is really uh, causing us to to mount up with a boldness to go forward and like Pastor said to break through and have that perception of breakthrough you know not of doubt or not of trepidation or vacillating or wondering but you know really having that confidence to move forward and yeah be daring enough to that's a good word Scott strength well okay well that's that's a wrap <laughs> unless y'all have something else you want to say <laughs> I made my my hour, so well, we're good. <laughs> hey, Pastor, this goes in the offering. Well, that's what I did last week. This goes yeah. in the offering. Yeah. Okay, I thought the other said this was money for my donuts, but now it goes in the offering, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I did last week. Yeah. Hey Scott, here's a big printer over here.